Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to be preaching to you this morning out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, these verses are already on the screen. Follow along as I read out loud in 2 Timothy 2.1. The Bible says, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses... Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Should Focus on Pleasing God. I want you to get that. Pray with me. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for enlisting us. Thank you, God, for this country that you've allowed us to live in. And I pray today, God, that you would be our teacher from your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's Memorial Day weekend. What does that mean? Uh, Well, there's sales on. I mean, you get $3 off a washing machine if you want to. Uh, or however much they're giving off where you buy one. Um, that means the banks will be closed tomorrow. Uh, some people think that it signals the beginning of summer. People that you know stayed awake in school know that summer doesn't happen until around June 21st. Am I right or wrong? Uh, so if you think it's hot now, you're in the wrong state. Because <laughs> it ain't even summertime yet. But... Uh, People do certain things around Memorial. The beaches will be packed. You want to see a bunch of people at the beach? Go to the beach tomorrow. The lakes will be overrun. Um, people will be out and about. School is basically over. Is it, are all schools out yet? Anybody still got, got days left? Days left? Okay, but last week coming up should be. School's basically over. Lots of transition going on. And I want to ask you to... Uh, do, do something that I've been asking you to do for years anyway because I know there's going to be travel over the summer. Every church has what's called the summer slump. Attendance goes down because people like to do uh, whatever they're going to do. But I'm going to say you made a great uh, choice today in being in the Lord's house. God commands us on the first day of the week to gather together in his name. It's not really optional. This, this is not something that we do uh, to, to gain extra points with God. This is what we do because he told us to do it. And so I know that th- during the summertime when you're traveling, you got other things, you won't be able to be here. So I'll ask you to do that one thing that I've always said, come when you can and pray for us when you can. Uh, but all over the country, people are talking about Memorial Day. And if you don't know, if you didn't Google it, if you don't know what Memorial Day is about, um, it is the day that we set aside as a country to honor all the men and women who died in service to their country. And it is um, something that hits home with me um, as a patriotic person. It's something that um, I hold dear, um, and I give great thanks for the men and women 
who cared enough about this country uh, to put on a uniform and to serve this country and some who ultimately lost their life in service of this country and if I'm not gonna have people stand up today because you can't have anybody stand up who died um, we, we we've stood up in the past to remember them but I want you to understand this thing pacifists prosper because brave men and women fought did you get that our country exists bad as you want to criticize and it is amazing how it is it is popular now to criticize America popular now to talk, point out every bad thing about America I, I want you to know there's a reason why people flock to this country there, there's a reason why people come to this country legally and illegally to come to this country because whatever bad thing you want to think about this country if you think it's hard to live here you don't want to try living somewhere not called here and I, I thank God for our country and I know one one of the major reasons our country exists is by the strength of our military for those of us who grew up in North Florida um, appreciating our military men and women uh, should come easier for us there was a, there was a time not so long ago where we had three thriving military bases um, right here in our own city Cecilfield uh, Jacksonville and Mayport and we've we, we've still got Mayport and NAS Jacksonville and lots of military presence in Jacksonville and I thank God for that y'all know my speech I'm gonna give it and then I'm gonna get into this text I love America I really do I've been to other places not America and I, I'm glad to live in America I've told my children their whole life you need to thank God that you were born in America because if you'd have been born in Saudi Arabia to some Saudi Arabia parents you would assalamu alaikum and assalamu salam and you'd be worshiping the wrong God and on your way to hell more likely than not you'd have been taught listen your kids follow you most Florida Gator uh, parents raise Florida Gator children most Georgia Bulldog fans uh, well I'm not even gonna say what I thought in my mind but <laughs> Well, they raise dysfunctional kids that live in Florida and pull for Georgia. Come on now. Think about it. But for me, loving America comes easy. I was born in San Diego, California, uh, thanks to the United States Navy my father was in. I went to grade school in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, um, then I went on to a school in Virginia Beach. As an 11-year-old child, the Navy brought our family to the west side of Jacksonville um, in 1975. And I've, I've lived most of my life uh, on the west side of Jacksonville, and I thank God for the military presence. As, as a young man, I spent the three best years of my life, three of the best years of my life, uh, in the United States Army. So Memorial Day is a big deal to me because I love freedom. I love America. I love the people who put on the uniform. If you see what they pay, somebody who puts on the uniform, my 20-year-old my son goes to work every day as a United States Marine with a gun on his hip, standing guard at the embassy in Lagos, Nigeria, Africa, to keep men and women alive and to assist people and to make sure that the voice of freedom's heard around the globe. And if you saw what little pennies they paid these people, uh, now, what, now don't, don't feel sorry for the ones like uh, Sergeant Major Deacon Cedric Dixon, who stayed in for 30 years, got to the top of the pay plan and, you know, uh, made a whole bunch of dollars. But if you can remember back to E1, they weren't paying you much 
and it hasn't gotten much better. Um, and if and people have asked me, why why would you want your kids to go into the military for minimum wage and get drug all over the world and and possibly get shot and get died? Well, I remember what Jesus said uh, in in the Gospel of John: "Greater love have no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends." Um, uh, the the Navy hit it right when they said it. It's not just a job; it's an adventure. It 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 is a calling, and it is something great to do. And less than one percent of the people in this country have ever done it and and way less than one percent are currently doing it and without those brave men and women uh, we would have already been overrun there's a reason why Russia's in Ukraine right now and not in America because they don't want this smoke they just don't they can't really deal with that Ukrainian smoke they sure don't want this USA smoke um, so uh, listen, it's popular now to hate America. They went to over 100 universities, and they asked thousands of college students, has America ever done anything as a nation to be proud of? And above 80% of those people said no. And they are showing their ignorance at that level. Let, let, me, let me just say this, and I'll move on. Because uh, it's, it's infecting every walk of life right now. People trying to gain clout by, by their wokeism. I, I, uh, the manager of uh, San Francisco Giants just decided because America is a country that allows children to get killed in schools that he won't stand for the national anthem. I promise you this, America did not support what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and no American supported that. And kneeling for the national anthem is your right to protest. But if you're only going to support things that are perfect, you need to kneel every time you look in the mirror and protest yourself. No, mm, oh, no, everybody don't like that. Well, I just I, when America, and I've heard it till it just makes my ears bleed. When America finally lives up to its greatest ideals and becomes that shining city on a hill that the founding fathers said that when they start treating everybody with dignity and respect and being a perfect union. Listen, when you start doing all that, stop stop being ashamed of your own self. We got people ashamed of America. Listen, if you're ashamed of America, I, I promise I'll, I'll do it so Herschel Walker don't have to do it. Herschel Walker, a great American, has said consistently for years, if you hate America and you, and, and you want to talk bad about America, that he would buy anybody and everybody that wants to go a one-way ticket uh, to any country they want to go to as long as they promise never to come back. I'll take the heat off Herschel Walker. I'll do that for you out of my own pocket. You want to go live in, in, in any, you want to go strap uh, Liberia, West Africa on? Come on, let's go. I'll, I'll get you a ticket there. I got a church for you to go to there. I got, we, have, we support 13 churches in Africa right now. Uh, we, you can pick any one of the 13. You, 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 can, you can go and straddle that on. You, you, want to, you want to rise up and go to Nicaragua? Uh, they got enough civil unrest for you there too. Uh, hey, the Ukraine, they're looking for warlords over there. You can go live in a, in a bombed out shelter. Um, America is not perfect, but neither are you. This dude said, his baseball manager, he said, I'll start standing up again 
when our country starts standing against the murder and the execution of innocent children. Well, whoever said that America stands for the murder and execution of innocent? This is the act of a crazy, deranged, mentally ill, demon-possessed, psychopathic murderer who was going to do something crazy anyway. And we need to pray for the people in Texas, sure. I just, I, man, I, I don't know. The devil just loves to try push your hot buttons. I have to ride by a sign in front of a church every day to go anywhere because it's by my house. And so every day I see this sign. It's been saying pray for the people of Ukraine, and that's cool. Now it's saying pray for the people of Ukraine and Uvalde, Texas. Uh, and, and that's cool too, but if you know me well, you know what goes through my mind. We, 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 we're praying for these handful of people that got killed, and that's tragic. 19 young people getting killed, that's awful, that's horrific. I understand that's heartbreaking. That's, I wouldn't want it to be me. Um, but, but what about the, the, the 800 people that got killed in Chicago last year, 15 people every week? can we pray for them? Because that's going to happen again this week. I doubt a school, and I hope it doesn't, I doubt a school in Uvalde, Texas is going to have 19 people die again this week. But if something doesn't happen, Chicago is going to have 15 more people die this week. And, and nobody makes a ripple about that. And I've, I've tried to express that to people this week. And they told me this. Well, young people, it's, it's heartbreaking to see young people die. Well, what about the three-year-old that died in Chicago last month? Did that, did that uh, as our president said, did that rip the soul out of the heart of every American? Ah, it's a three-year-old in Chicago sleeping in her crib. Stray bullet to the head ended her life. If it's so heartbreaking, and, and, and let me tell you something. Else. Let me just speak up for all you old people. Your lives matter too. I mean, I, I get it. People are more sensitive when, when people get upset when, when a child gets killed because they think about, oh, I'd be devastated if that happened to my child. What if that happened to your grandmother? So what am I saying? We need to pray for everybody. Stop getting manipulated by the media, though. Hate, hating America, think, think, thinking America is not living up to its goals. I'm, I'm going to repeat it and move on. Nobody lives up to their highest goals. Everybody is a work in progress. And let me tell you something this. If, 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 if they come in here and, and they jump on America and they take our freedom away from us, you're going to find out what it's really like to, to live in a country that you, that here you can't talk bad about. And it's only because men and women put on a uniform and died to even give us the freedom. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you this. You might have a right to burn a flag in your driveway. You can't burn a flag in this parking lot. Make sure they don't, Deacon. We, we, we're, not, we're not that kind of people. There's no room for hatred in the body of Christ. We need to learn to love each other even when we disagree with each other. Now, if you want to protest and march, do all that that you want to do. But at least understand this with some comprehension. Something doesn't have to be perfect for you to support it because your children aren't perfect. Your family's not perfect. Your preacher's not perfect. The people you value are not perfect. America's got a lot of problems, and America's done a lot of horrible things to people, and it's going to continue to happen. But I'm going to promise you this. It's still the best thing going, and if you don't believe that there's anything memorable or, or worthwhile about the United States of America, do your research, and if you want to pick somewhere else, I will help you get there. Because if you didn't hear me the first three times, 
I love America, and I thank God for this country. If anybody agrees with me, why don't you put your hands together? Thank God for letting you live in the greatest country on the planet. So, as the world focuses on military mindset, I, I, I want to come with somewhat of a, a military mindset from what God said, because as you read the Scripture, you will see this teaching style that we've talked about so many times, first natural, then spiritual. Jesus spoke to farmers in agricultural terms to get them to understand spiritual truth. He spoke to fishermen in fishing terms to get them to understand spiritual truth. And he spoke to people at large a lot in military terms because they were under military rule at the time. And so he, he used a lot of military teaching uh, to express his truth to us. And we're, we're going to look at some of that today because as Christians... The Bible tells us that we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. And, and the Bible teaches that we have weapons to fight with. We, we have armor to wear for protection. We have a superior officer to please. And this morning, I want you, uh, if you're a Christian, to evaluate how the battle is going in your life. And I want to make sure that we stay focused on the task at hand. Because whether it's procrastination or distraction or just raw laziness, if you don't get on with the getting on, it's not going to get done. If you keep putting off till tomorrow what you can become today, then you're not going to grow into that man, that woman, that young person that you're going to be. I told my children from day one all the way through to even still uh, this, this day that if they're not practicing who they want to become right now, they're not just going to be able to snap their fingers one day and become what they think they want to be. And we, as the body of Christ, we need to be putting into place a, a focus and a concentration on what God would have us to do and to be. There's three things I want you to notice in our text this morning that we are commanded to do. Uh, endure hardness, don't get tangled up, and please the one who chose you. Let's look at the first one first. Endure hardness. Say hard, Endure hardship. Say hard, hardship. Endure hardship. In, in verse 3 of our text... The Bible says, you, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start reading the Bible with understanding. The Bible commands us to get understanding, not just to read it, but to understand what we read and to apply it. So you've got to slow your reading down. You've got to take it in bite-sized pieces where you can digest it. And it doesn't say the administrator of the church must endure hardship, does it? It doesn't say your mom and daddy must endure hardship. It doesn't say the pastor should endure It says you. And I want you to get a you mindset today. It's so easy and it's so popular and it's so old and so tired to blame everybody else. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the devil. Well, Adam, Adam blamed God and Eve. Remember what Adam said when they sinned? Adam told God, uh, he said, this woman that you gave me. And then Eve said, well, it, was, it was the, the you know, Eve pulled to Flip Wilson and said, the devil made me do it. Blaming everybody else, waiting on others. Well, as soon as, as, soon as so-and-so gets everything right in their life, I'll start serving the Lord. The Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. And it is a you 
command. It's amazing how many people want to see somebody else get straight before they get straight. Uh, withholding forgiveness from people when God has already told you to forgive everybody. Well, when they act like they deserve it. It's always, it's always a, it's, it's a boo game. It's, 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 just, it's a holdback. It's, it's a preventing you from doing what God wants you to do. But he said, you must, you therefore. Therefore means because of the things that were just said. Because of what he's saying, you must endure hardship. Now, if God told his children that they must endure hardship, guess what's coming for God's children? See, that don't sell tickets. That doesn't pack seats. That's one of the reasons why um, churches preach warm and fuzzy messages if they want every seat filled. If they tell everybody, and, and it's, this, this is every prophecy I've heard over people in the last 20 years. They, they just call, call out, De Deacon West, they'll call Deacon West out. Pretend they're prophesying. Hallelujah, glory to you. God has seen your effort, young man. And he knows the tears you've cried and the knees you bent. God has watched your struggle and your reward. Is, and it's always about your ship's about to come in and your reward's about to happen. And this is the year of prosperity for you. Uh, I wonder what, what uh, Stephen's family was saying when they threw rocks at him and killed him. Uh, this is his graduation. They, they were upset. They didn't understand what was going on. And they weren't promising that everything was going to be easy and pleasing in life. They, they knew there's a cost to following God. They knew it well because they paid that cost. You look at that black and white map in the back corner of our church in places where Christians are still being beheaded for choosing to follow Christ. Places where their family says, you're not my child anymore if you choose Jesus. They, they knew this cost and they were willing to pay it. It's just too easy in America to be a Christian. Christian church on almost every corner. Uh, all you got to do is, is check a box and say I'm saved and, and never really follow God and never put forth anything. Listen, you can check a box. And you can tell your Navy, Marine, Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, Space Force recruiter. How about Space Force? That's hard to say. I drove by the other day. I, I was in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, and I drove by. What's the name of that base? I call it Patrick. Uh, but in my mind, it's always Patrick what? Air Force Base. Not today. That thing says Patrick Space Force Base. So now we got recruiters for Space Force. But you can tell a recruiter. Oh, yeah, I'll join your little club. I'll sign up. Where do I sign? I'll check a box. And, hey, it don't stop there. That's not all that's required. You check that box that says you, you want to join uh, the United States military, <laughs> you're going to be put through some changes. You're going to be put through some paces. There's a price to be paid. And most, most people don't understand it, but we need to read the word with comprehension and understand it's not for everybody else to endure hardship it, if, if you call yourself a Christian then you're going to have to do it too as, as a what? as a good soldier of Jesus Christ now I can't tell you what the military calls bad soldiers but it's not, it's not favorable it, it, it's not polite um, it, it's, not, it's not decent conversation but, but they, they talk about bad soldiers and bad marines and bad sailors and they use unfavorable terminology to describe them. Listen, you don't want to be an underperforming soldier in God's army. You might think you do, 
But it's not what the heart of God should have put in you if you are truly saved. And, and the one person, every military person can tell you is there certain difficulties, certain areas of hardship that come with the job. Amen? We choose to sign up. America has an all-volunteer all volunteer military. People choose to go in the military, and then they realize that there is hardship, and you can either endure it or you can quit. We had one guy quit. I went to uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey on 26 March 1986, and we had one guy that quit out of our whole platoon. We had one guy that quit. He got tired about two weeks in. He just decided, I'm not taking this anymore. I quit. And they said, oh, you want to quit? You want to get out of this man's army? Okay, well, we got an empty barracks next door. They put this man in an empty barracks, um, three-story building, and he mopped and he buffed, waxed, and he buffed that floor every day, all day. We could see him through the windows. We'd be, we'd be walking to wherever we were walking. We were walking to hit each other in the face with pugil sticks, and that was a lot of fun. We were walking to repel off 40-foot towers, and that was a lot of scary. We were doing all kinds of stuff, and my man, he was mopping waxing and running a buffer all day every lived in a four, in a, in a three-story barracks by himself he thought he was going to go we graduated all left jones was still sergeant major's laughing because he knows that, that hey they'll let you out <laughs> you ain't gonna like how much it takes to get out and he might still be there waxing floors i don't know but he decided this ain't for me Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There, there's a cost to be a part of anything, especially something that's great. And there's a, there's a cost to being in the army of the Lord. Every soldier knows soldiers' hard life. And listen, although there is complaining, it does not help. Anybody know that there's complaining in the military? Doesn't change anything. One of the things my stepfather, and I've told y'all before, he wasn't a nice man, he wasn't a fair man, he wasn't a decent man. Uh, he said some really vile things to me growing up, but some of the things he said were true. And he used to tell me, because I complained, uh, his, his, his stuff, his, it was just so crazy, the, the level of perfection he expected to be done on chores. And I, I, would, I would complain sometimes and didn't want to jump in and do it. And he told me something true one time. He said, boy, you work harder at getting out of work than the effort it would take you just to do the work. And that's real about complainers. The people that complain about it, you, you ought to just go ahead and do it. Because here's the thing, and my kids know this well. If I say get up and take the trash out, uh, the, the, there's no amount of conversation that's changing the end result. Well, I took the trash out last night. Well, why didn't he take the trash out? None of that's helping them because no matter what gets said, no matter what, what conversation goes down, guess what that, that child is about to do? Oh, the trash is going out. And it's the same way in the military. It's the same way in corporate America. I love what LeBron James said a couple of months ago about the NBA. He, 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 went, on, he went on Twitter, and he put this on Twitter. He said, these owners think that they control us. They think they can tell us what to do, and we're just supposed to do it. Well, that's not how life works. Everybody that ever had a boss knows. Well, they, they, they expect to tell me what time to come to work, and they just think I'm Yes! That's exactly how that works. 
And, and it doesn't work anywhere more, more uh, determined than in the United States military. They tell you what time to get up, what time to go to bed. They tell you what you can and can't eat. It just is what it is. And, and God tells us that we got to endure hardship. There's hardship, and there is some complaining. But hear me good, complainers. It doesn't help. And it doesn't change the task at hand. And it, do, it will not change God's mind. If God says that his road for you is, is this, and you complain about it, you're not going to change God's plan for his road for you just by complaining about it. Go ahead and do it. Don't be that one that works harder trying to get out of the work than just locking in and doing the work. There is work to be done. And I, and I came to tell you this morning, and this, this doesn't sell tickets and this doesn't pack churches, but I'm more concerned about answering to God for telling you the truth. And if I know we're about to face a battle and we have a formidable enemy, I'm not just going to tell you everything's fine and dandy like Christmas candy. I'm going to let you know things are coming. And as a Christian, they're going to be tough times. Two people said amen. Keep living. As a Christian, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution. But God told me to tell you this, and I want you to hear this. If you don't get anything, get this. The battle is worth it. The battle is worth it. Be a good soldier. Our mission, and it's not even like Mr. Phelps. How many of y'all remember Mr. Phelps? There you go, one person. Mr. Phelps used to get that little self-dissolving cassette. Mr. Phelps, your mission, if what? If you choose to accept. This ain't, this ain't mission impossible here. This is mission Jesus. And your mission is your mission whether you choose to accept it or not. God has put, a, put, a, put his, his order in place, and there, there, there's, there's, our mission is to glorify God at any cost and to reach the lost at any cost. Whatever hardness we got to endure in the process is worth it because the lost must be reached and God must be glorified. So soldier up. Man up, men. Woman up, women. Tighten up, people. There's work to be done. Well, I don't like that idea. I just want to sit back and, and, and get, you know, get all of God's blessings with it without ever going to work. Uh, that's, that's just not how life works, millennial. <laughs> and people that think that way. Join corporate America. Your feelings are going to get crushed. Join the military and find out. They don't give away awards in the military for showing up. You, everybody doesn't get an award, a participation award. Everybody doesn't get advanced. You got to make the cutting score to get advanced. And there, it, it's not like some of these people who think everything's supposed to be easy. I come to tell you the real truth. Life's not easy. And I'm going to save you five years or 50 years of therapy right now and, and let you know. God don't issue therapy dogs and safe spaces. And life will never be fair. Well, it's not fair. It was never designed to be fair. If God wanted it to be fair, he'd have made it fair. He wanted it to have hardship so that we could grow and mature by it. I've told you many times, it's like the parent who doesn't want to let go of the back of the seat when they're running down the road with their kid just took the training wheels off. Well, I don't want them to, man, I took three steps and let go. Boom! You got to stay upright, boy. Try it again. Boop. 
Maybe you, ain't, maybe you don't know how to ride a bike. Well, I'm five. Of course not. You've got to be willing to go through the bumps, the scrapes, the bruises. That's the only way to grow. And, is, and, and some of us have thwarted our own growth by always trying to choose the easy way. Listen, there, there's going to be hardship, and God says to endure it. All of God's promises, the Bible says, all of God's promises are to those who endure. If you are a quitter, listen, you should have played sports at some point in your life. At least you should have had a coach. I remember Coach Khan at James Weldon Johnson on Kings Road. Uh, he used to tell us all the time, we ain't going to have no scragglers. Still not sure what a scraggler is. Uh, I looked it up in the dictionary where it doesn't exist. But he let everybody in seventh, at the James Weldon Johnson 7th grade center know that quitters never win and winners never what? Somebody should have told you that in your lifetime. You just want to fall apart, go grab your therapy dog, your safe space. You just want to start humming a nursery rhyme in your 30-year-old head. Listen, buck up. Buck up. Strap in. It's worth it, but it comes at a cost. Everything that's worth anything comes at a cost. Well, I just don't know why they promoted my coworker over me. If you come in late 80% of the days that you show up to work, you should never be promoted. If you call out sick five days in your 90 days, they ought to fire you. This is just how life goes. We are not preparing young people for the reality. The world's not. I have people come fill up therapy rooms all year long, wonder why can't life be fair? Because it's not. That's like people asking me, oh, Lord, why has it got to be so hot every July? It's going to be hot. It is going to be. Now, I was shocked. If y'all don't pay attention to the weather, we just had last year the most moderate summer uh, in the last 50 years that I've been living here. I mean, uh, I think that it only hit 99 twice all year. Check me if I'm wrong. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, it just we didn't have one day last year where the humature went over 108. And if you think that's unbearable, wait till it goes to 112. But complaining about stuff that's going to be is a waste of time. It's going to be hot in Florida in the summer. Deal with it. It's so hot in Florida. You didn't know that when you moved here? <laughs> well, life's just not fair. You didn't figure that out. You've been alive how long? Well, life's hard. You're just now coming to this realization, baby. I gotta, I'm going to get you a lollipop. I'm going to hand you some Skittles. Man, you got to endure some things if, if you want to be in Christ. I tell you all all the time, when I see that bumper sticker that says, Real men love Jesus, I just think in my head, I wonder if he knows. I wonder, does he really know the price to be paid for following God? Or if he just slapped a bumper sticker on his car and don't, don't even spend time with God every day? Because it, it, it's tough. It's tough in this battle. But hear me again. It's worth it. Anybody believe it's worth it? Second thing, we got we to make sure we don't get tangled up. <laughs> we don't get tangled up. Do you realize um, if you're running through a net as an athlete or as, as, as a service member and you got to put your foot in, 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 your foot catches that rope, guess where your face is going? Down. Why? Because you let yourself get tangled up in that net. You climb that 30-foot tall 
cargo net in the United States military, you, you flip over that top uh, of that net, come down the other side. If your foot gets tangled up in there, guess which way your face is going? Still down. Your foot's going to be pointing up. Your head's going to be pointing down. And you're going to be tangled up in that thing. And you better be good at getting out of it. Listen, life has, hear me good, entrapments. The Bible calls them snares. You, 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 you can fall into traps of the enemy. You can get caught up in snares. You can get caught up, hear me good, in drama. Church drama. Family drama. Political drama. Emotional drama. Verse 4 says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Please him. That should be capital. Please God. Because God is the one who enlisted us as a soldier. If you were the company commander and you were going to lead us on a mission and we were going to have to go through this little village to get to the other side to blow up a bridge. And there were some, some people, some kids playing over here in this village that we're just walking through. If you just decided, oh, that looks like hopscotch. I ain't played hopscotch in how long? Hey, let me play hopscotch. You are now in trouble with the company commander. Because it's not your mission to get involved in the games they're playing over there. It's not your mission to get involved in stuff that does not pertain to what God has designed us to do. And let me tell you something. Social media fighting with people, I already told you, not one person on the history of the planet ever said, oh, thank you so much for disagreeing with all of my thoughts. Uh, I, I now believe what you believe. It just doesn't happen that way. It's an eternal argument. It's a rabbit hole you'll go down and get trapped in. Stop getting caught up in entanglements. Do not... Get entangled in stuff that's going to pull you away from your mission. Soldiers don't get caught up in affairs of civilian life. And if they do, they just make it harder on themselves. Because every military base has civilians working in it. And guess who gets treated better on a military base, the civilians or the soldiers? Straight out, the civilians. They, they get treated better. They got better air conditioning. They got better offices. They, 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 they've got better benefits. They make more money. Some of y'all are like, I, I'm a WG worker, and I don't make it. Listen, you make more money than an E1 sitting right next to you. Their bottom pay is bigger than our bottom pay. I promise you that. Look at it. But you can't, if you get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, if you get hanging around people who, who don't follow your commander, if you get hanging around people not on the same mission as you, you're going to get sidetracked. You're going to get distracted. You're going to get caught up in stuff, and you are going to fail at the last part of this sentence, which ought to be at the heart of every true child of God, pleasing our commander. They still talk about General Patton. Uh, they write books about him. They talk about him at the War College. Um, they, they, they people use him as an example. They say Patton's troops loved to follow him. And that they would do anything for him because he kept them focused. He was engaged in the mission. And when they were around him, they wanted to please him because he was their commander. I, I want to finish with this this morning. Do you want to please God? Really? Do you really want to please God? Dust growing on your Bible. Do you really want to please God? Upset every time the offering plate passes. 
Do you really want to please God using civilian excuses? You know why divorce is so high in the church? Because divorce got high in the world, and we use that same four-year-old excuse the kid's been using forever. Well, Johnny's mom lets him do it. Well, the world is doing Everybody's No, everybody's not doing it. Everybody's not doing bad. Some people are actually living the life that their commander expects of them. And I want to be that person, and I want you to be that person. But you can't do it if you get tied up in the cares and the affairs of civilian life. you got to keep your eyes on the mission. Now, I don't know about the Navy. I don't know about any other branch but the Army. That's the only branch I've been in. But I can tell you this. They do a great job of letting you know you're not in Kansas anymore. Drill Sergeant Robinson, I can hear his voice in my head. It's been 40 years. I can still hear him. This ain't Burger King. And, and if you didn't know him, if you, if the first time I heard it, I'm like, who told you we thought this was Burger King? Because he just let that out there. He probably told us that 100 times before he gave us the second half of that, that thought. So we're just walking around. It's not Burger King. And we're all shell-shocked. So we, we, we're not even thinking about the, have it your way, have it your way, have it your way at Burger King. We, we're thinking, we're not putting that together because we're all freaked out. And he finally told us, you ain't going to have it your way here. This Fort Dix, New Jersey, this United States aren't. And so we, 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 he, he brainwashed us. He drilled in our heads so much that we were no longer the boss of our own destiny. We were under somebody else's control, and we weren't going to make any decisions. Um, I don't know why they don't do it. I'm shocked. Uh, my, my son, when he, when he went through his uh, military training in the Marine Corps, they don't sing songs like we sing songs. Uh, I mean, they brainwash in different ways, though, because the, the Marines definitely know how to get your mind together. <laughs> but, I mean, they, we used to sing songs, uh, I left my job, I left my wife, now I live the Army life. I used to wear my faded jeans. Now I'm wearing army green. Uh, they, they had us singing songs like everywhere we marched. We, we, we were saying everybody's worried about their wife or girlfriend at home. They, we sang Jody songs all day long. Soldier, soldier, don't be blue. Jody got my girlfriend too. And they just were just breaking you down, breaking you down, breaking you down, letting you know you're going to do what you're told to do because you are no longer in control. They did a great job uh, making us understand there's a difference between being a civilian and being a soldier. And you need to understand if you call yourself a Christian, you are not a civilian. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. You, you, you have no civil rights. Well, what about me? It's not supposed to be about you. It's supposed to be about God. Mil that's why in the military, you can't talk about civil rights because civil rights are for civilians. And you don't get civil rights in the military. You get what your commander gives you. <laughs> you, you, you get what they, they hand you. And he's not a civilian anymore. And there are too many people who claim to be in God's army living like civilians. Thinking you just get to do what you want to do instead of what your commander tells you to do. When you sign up to serve in, in, in the military, you give up your right to lots of things. You give up your right to individuality. Why, why do you think they, they shave everybody's head? They want to take your sense of individuality away from you. Well, why, why do you think they make everybody wear the same uniform? 
They want to take your sense of individuality away from you and let you understand. You are now under the control of the United States Army. You, you had no say in these matters. You do what you're told. And you're not doing it for the paycheck. You're doing it so they don't kick you out. Well, in the Army, when I was in the Army, you were doing it so you didn't end up at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Because they didn't just put you out for any good reason. You, they might just put you in jail. But there, there, there is a giving up of your rights when you come in, into the military. It's not about you anymore. You give up certain luxuries. Listen, when you're in the field sleeping, there, there is no sleep number mattress. There's no my pillow. There, there, there's, there's no bowling branch, 52,000 thread count Egyptian cotton sheets. There's not even any of those geese. If I hear that geese of sheets commercial one more time, I ain't going to be able to sleep tonight. You don't get those things. You know what you get? You get the right to live, fight, and die for the cause. And it's the right we get in the body of Christ. Maybe, maybe we survive through it. Maybe we give our life in it. Lots of people already have. Lots of people. Read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Lots of people have given their life for the cause of Christianity. We feel like we've gone through extreme sacrifice if the sermon lasts too long or if the air conditioner's not just right or if we stepped in a puddle of water in the parking lot. Oh, I'm really sacrificing for God today. I didn't feel like coming to church. Uh, that's not sacrifice. Get on the battlefield. You'll see real sacrifice. But you can't get tangled up because if you get tangled up in the affairs of civilian life, if you get tangled up in the affairs of natural life, then you're going to get unfocused on spirituality. The Army used to tell us something all the time. If Uncle Sam would have wanted you to have that, he'd issued you one. Well, why can't... <laughs> I saw something. This embarrassed me. I told this to my son. I said, if they ask you this, do not give them this answer because it sounds soft and weak, and I'd be embarrassed for you. And he's assured me that it wasn't his answer. They, they interviewed a bunch of Marines coming out of Marine Corps boot camp, and they asked these 18, 19-year-old kids, they said, what was the toughest part about your 13 weeks here at Paris Island? And the overwhelming number one answer was living for 13 weeks without my phone. I'm thinking it needs to be harder than that. I mean, I went, some stuff, I went through some stuff in Fort Dix, New Jersey that was a whole lot harder than not having a cell phone. But you got to be willing to invest in your, hear this good, new life. Say new life. It's what Christianity is about. Being born again. Being born into a kingdom. Serving a king. Honoring him. 2 Peter 1.3 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. You've got what you need already. Stop thinking that, well, when I get what I got come, when I, when I accomplish this, that, or the other thing, that you're, you're going to be able to be who God wants you to be. You've got everything you need to be right now, if you're saved, to be everything God wants you to be. You just got to get on the battlefield and start pleasing the one who called you, which is my third point. Please the one who chose you. Verse 4 says... No one engaged in the warfare in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That last phrase says that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Oh man, I had some sharp people when I was in the military that I, I really admired, um, really admired, looked up to. I met some of the some of the greatest people I ever met. 
were in the military. Some of the worst people I ever met were in the military. I could say that about any venture I wanted to say. Some of the greatest people I ever met were in the church. Some of the worst people I ever met were in the church. But there were some squared away people in my life, and I thank God for uh, the, the, the people who invested in me when I was in this, this country's military. But I've also had some great people invest in me in the kingdom of God, in the army of the Lord. And I want to be a good soldier. Uh, Y'all have heard it. Uh, it, it, It's just not lip service. I I got copies of the paper. I was on on the front page of the Texarkana Gazette in 1987. There were 12 four-star generals in the world, and General Lewis Wagner just so happened to be at our base that day, and he asked our commander could he participate in the medal ceremony, and I stood up in front of all of them, they, and they were taking a picture of Lewis Wagner because it was a big deal that he was in our little town in Texas, and they were saying, you know, Lewis Wagner, uh, commanding general of the United States Army Material Command, was in Texarkana today, uh, pinning uh, Spec 4 Becker, uh, soldier. I was soldier of the year in 1987 for our, my entire military station. I was soldier of the quarter, seven quarters in a row, and they don't give that away for showing up. Well, how, how does that happen? Hard work and doing what you're told. I like the rules and regulations. My kids have heard their whole lifetime, we're rules, we're rules people. We do what you're told. Some people resist doing what they're told. See, I wanted to please my commanding officers because I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked them. If I'd have hated them, it would have made it more difficult to want to do what they told me to do. But here's the thing. You shouldn't love anybody more than you love God. If you work hard, to please a heavenly mother or a heavenly father, why wouldn't you work hard to please your spiritual father? If you work hard to please your boss on the job, if, if you work hard to please somebody who's got the hold over you, it just makes no sense to me. God said to gather together, on, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as such is the manner of some. God said on the first day of the week, you have to come together and corporate praise, worship, discipleship, fellowship, and teaching. And uh, a lot of people just like... Now, I'm not going to do that. I know God told me to do it, but I'm not going to do it. God said, Jesus said in Matthew 23, you must tithe. People are like, well, I don't feel like tithing this week. But you'll get up Tuesday morning. You'll fight whatever traffic your boss makes you come to work in. You, you, you'll deal with whatever just to show up on that job where the guy's going to give you this much pay. You'll do everything your supervisor tells you to do, whether you want to or not, because, well, he's the boss, and I got to do it if I want to keep my job. How much bigger a boss is God? How much more should we want to please God? How much greater desire should we have to be willing to please the one who enlisted us as a soldier? Listen to what Jesus said in John 15, 16. He said, you haven't chosen me. I chose you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. 1 John 4, 19 says we love him because he first loved us. See, in our minds so many times we think we chose God. He chose us. Before we even had to audition, he already made choice of us. The the, the Bible says that, that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God saw this whole plan before Adam and Eve took their first breath. And God has known from eternity past that you were going to be his child and you ought to want to please the one who called you into his kingdom. 1 John 4.10 says, this is real love. It's not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. People say, well, 
How do I know God really loves me? People get on their pity party and feel like nobody loves them and that no, no, nobody's ever come through for them. I'm going to give you this last verse and be done. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the price so we could be enlisted in his service. God showed his love toward us before we ever did anything good and anything right. He paid the price so that we could have eternal life. If that doesn't make you willing to go through whatever you want to go through, that little song that we sing at communion that that blind girl sings, Jenny Owens, uh, if the whole world turns against me and I'm all by myself and you don't seem to answer my cries for help, I'll, go, I'll, I'll walk through the fire if you want me to. Are you willing to go through anything for God? Well, you know, it's hard getting up on time on Sunday. It's my only day off. Yeah. It is hard getting up on Sunday. I, I, hey, any other day of the week, my clock don't, I, I don't have two seven, eight, sevens on my clock. If I tell you I was doing something at 7 o'clock, you don't have to ask me if it was a.m. or p.m. I understand there's hardship in doing everything God wants you to do. Let me just give you some. You might be struggling in your marriage right now. Stay with it. Well, my friend got divorced, and I think they're, they're happier now. Well, maybe your friend didn't care about pleasing the commander. God said, if you're bound to a spouse, seek not to be loosed. Maybe you're going through some stuff financially right now, and you feel like it's difficult to give to the Lord the way your heart says you want to give. Do what's right. God can carry you financially. God, 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 you can do more with 90% of your income with God's blessing on it than you'd ever do with 100% of it. Maybe you're struggling physically. Maybe it's just hard. And I tell people, God loves you. You don't have to hurt yourself to please the Father that loves you. And it's hard for me to spend as much time on my knees as I used to. So sometimes I just lay on my, on, my, on my stomach. But I still want to bend my knees to God every day. Physically. When life is hard physically. When, when, when the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, it, it has an impact on, on the spiritual side. And, and it just takes a toll. And maybe you've been going through some stuff physically. I want to tell you something. God's still worth serving in, in, in whatever physical capacity you find yourself. Maybe, maybe the world has just been battling in your mind. Maybe you've been going through some stuff emotionally. There's still no better plan than pleasing the one who chose us. I want you today on this Memorial Day weekend to make a determination that says, I agree with God's word. He chose me to be in his, in, in his service. And I'm going to be a good soldier. I decided when I went into the military, I just wasn't going to coast. I wanted to win some stuff. I wanted to compete. I wanted, I, I, I wanted to, to bring honor to my company and to my unit. And if you love God, you want to be who he wants you to be. Stop making this world about you. And stop and start wanting to choose the one. He already showed his love for you. To say nobody loves me, it's an insult to God. To say nobody's there for me is an insult to God. God is always there for you. You just got to start accessing it. You just got to start plugging in. You just got to start connecting to the God who is 
always there. And this morning, I want us to get refocused on pleasing God. God gave me a vision years ago of how I needed to live. And the scripture says that I ought to take the things that I've learned and teach it to faithful people who can teach others also. He gave me a vision of how a horse has blinders on them. If you put this right here, I cannot see what's to my right and to my left. I can stay focused. They put blinders on horses so they don't get distracted and run off in the wrong direction. So they plow straight. And I think it's time for us to put some blinders on us. Stop looking to the left and the right. Stop being so easily distracted by politics, social media, money matters, whatever, family, whatever is drawing your attention away. Narrow your focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And let's follow him the way that we should. I hope you make a determination today that you'll be willing to go through any hardship life brings you. I've told the devil many times, and I've told everybody around me, if you think you're going to get me out of serving God, you missed that boat. If I was going to quit serving God, I'd have quit. When we used to sing that old song, that old hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus, I made my decision. Have you? Because if you've decided to follow him, stop worrying about what the pastor did wrong. Stop worrying about what your spouse did wrong. Stop worrying about what the president did wrong. Stop worrying about what the Congress has done wrong. And you just follow him. Set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Follow him. Here's the thing. Human beings will let you down, but God won't. If you keep your eyes on him, you're never going to be let down. I am determined to please the one who died for me. I don't get my theology from songs, but some songs hit me right because they have a biblical basis to it. I love that song. It tells a story about a somebody who went to heaven and they saw the streets of gold and the gates of pearl uh one 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 they 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 were carrying him from mansion to mansion and he says and oh the sights that i saw all this stuff to see in heaven and then they said he said i saw abraham and mark and timothy but then i said oh i want to see jesus because he's the one who died for me I understand what people mean when they say they want to go to heaven to see people that are there that they love. I got some people in heaven that I love. But I can promise you this. There's only one person I really want to see when I get to heaven, and that's Jesus. And if you understand that Jesus has prepared a place for you, if you understand that he has given you everything that you need to serve him, you ought to get on with him. And I'm asking you today, as a good soldier, stop complaining. As a good soldier, stop putting excuses out there. As a good soldier, endure whatever you have on your plate. As a good soldier, don't get tangled up in what everybody else is trying to do to get your eyes off Christ and just concentrate on pleasing Him. Because everybody else will let you down, but God never will. I'd be remiss if I didn't put on my recruiter hat right now. We've been talking about the military. The military needs a recruiter. If you're here and you're not part of this service, if you're not in the army of the Lord, I want to encourage you to sign up. Sign up. Say, so what do you mean sign up? The Bible says that Jesus paid the price for the sin of all mankind. And if you want to be in the army of the Lord, if you want to be part of God's kingdom, the scripture says if you'll search for him with your whole heart, you'll find him. You don't have to walk in aisle prayer, prayer, shake my hand to get saved. If you want God to save you, ask him to. If you mean it with all your heart, he'll do it. 
it's time that we get excited about being in the military. When I told them I wasn't going to re-enlist, after three years, they thought I was kidding. My retention NCO, uh, he, he, he said, he used to mess with me. I'd see him from time to time. He's like, you know why I ain't been by to talk to you about retention? He said, I know you're I know, I know you, you, you're just being dramatic. I know you, Becker. You, you're going to try to pull a last minute. Uh, you're acting like you're going to ETS in, in, in three weeks. You ain't going nowhere. You, you love this army. And I shocked him when I left because I did. I enjoyed being in the military. I want you to enjoy being in the army of the Lord. I found something when God saved me. I found a better life. I found a higher calling. I found something worth living for bigger than myself. And it's not easy all the time, but it's worth it. And if you're here and you're not saved, you ought to join the service of our great God and King. Jesus said no one can come to the Father except through Him. Stop trying to be good enough to get to heaven. Stop looking at other religions. Jesus is the only way to be saved. And if you are here and you're saved, I want to tell you something. Your commanding officer has some expectation on you. Start living to please the one who died for you. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for sending your son to die for us, showing your love for us when we were still sinners. God, I pray, Lord, for every person in this room who's not saved. Lord, I pray that you had saved him by your grace. Lord, for every person who is saved, God, I pray that you would give us a sense of urgency to get on with the mission. Help us to focus on you and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe God's a good commanding officer, why don't you put your hands together and give him praise. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.